So welcome to the Project Plenty podcast series, where we ask the question, what will 2030 look like? And we'll ask that question across a range of topics important to Queensland and to our church. It's a series of conversations that will help us enter into a whole of church discernment and planning exercise that we hope might give shape to our life in the next decade. Over the course of this series, we'll invite our guests to reflect on this question, what 2030 looks like from their perspective and ask what role the Uniting Church could play as this future approaches. My name's Scott Guyatt, and I'm glad that you can join us. So joining me today, the Reverend John Cox, uh, Director of the Uniting Church's National Safe Church Unit. Uh, John, thanks for taking the time to sit down for a chat. Ah, pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, just before we dive in, John, just to make the statement that I guess it's, you know, some of the topics we might explore today may well raise concerns or experiences for people. And so we just want to encourage people to... Um, if that is the case, to, to be encouraged to contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 um, or head to the website of the Royal Commission uh, for uh, Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse where there's a range of resources. So just kind of let people know that up front, that support is there. Uh, so that's a bit of a heavy introduction, isn't it? But the topic that we, we're exploring today, you know, is, is not a simple one. And we really want to um, explore a little bit around this notion of safe church and what it is and... Um, where it's kind of come from. But let me begin by asking for a little background on your role and, this, and the National Safe Church Unit. Who, who are you? What do you do? Where, where did you come from? Um, tell us a little bit about the National Safe Church Unit. So uh, the National Safe Church Unit essentially came out of the Royal Commission uh, for institutional, Inter-Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse. Uh, the church, when that Royal Commission was called, took the proactive step to determine that they would offer a values-based response. So uh, offered to the Royal Commission and to the Australian community that uh, part of the basis of union is that we would constantly correct that which is erroneous in our life. Uh, So we are absolutely committed to doing that, uh, that we wouldn't hide from the truth, however Uh, painful the truth may have been, that we would say sorry to anyone abused when in our care, um, and we'd also seek ways to make amends. So that commitment of the church, um, really at its foundation, is the genesis uh, for the unit. Um, A few steps along the way, one of the things that we did uh, was to create a a whole-of-church collaborative approach to responding to the Royal Commission. So and we're we talking whole of church nationally. Whole of church whole nationally. Church. So that's, that's right. A big complex kind of thing to do, I guess. It absolutely is, yeah. particularly when you consider that we have agencies and yeah. schools uh, and multiple kinds of entities which yeah. synods operate or oversee. All it, under different legislation in different parts of the country. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. it we are a unique uh institution in that sense, not that we're the only national institution by any stretch, not that we're the only federated institution, because roughly uh, that's the way we are structured, but just the complexity of the differences in uh, entities that exist within the church and how we collectively bring our mind to a task like this. So that that commitment at a national level and allowing for all those complexities is... And then there's some steps from there to where we get to the National Safe Church Unit, is that...? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so the National Task Group uh, worked with Synod Task Groups to generate 
responses to the Royal Commission yeah. and to provide information to the Royal yeah. Commission and also then pivoted to the church to ensure that the church heard what it yeah. uh, needed to hear from the Royal Commission yeah. and began to uh, generate from what it heard some learnings and some change. And that was the genesis, I guess, for the unit. We recognised the value uh, in the complexity of having a single national collaborative response. Yeah. And so when we got to the point of transitioning from Royal Commission response into proactive steps, uh, it seemed that a unit was a productive way to go forward. So what's the timing of that? When, when was the unit, in a sense, set up or stood up or when did it start its work? So the National Task Group uh, was tasked to go 12 months beyond the end of the Royal Commission. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that was to uh, essentially implement Royal Commission recommendations. The uh, Safe Church unit was implemented on the 15th of April this year. Oh, this year. Okay. So there was a three-month yeah. hiatus yeah. in there where I continued to work uh, on Royal Commission recommendations and work to establish yeah. the Safe Church unit. So I want to come back to some of the kind of recommendations and lesson learned and those sorts of things. But before we get into that, can we, I guess, one more definitions kind of question. What, what is it that we're talking about when we use a phrase like safe church? So it's a really simple phrase that just rolls off the tongue. But can you, can you help me just, you know, maybe put some definition around, you know, what is, what's the kind of boundaries around what, what we're talking about there? Well, when we're talking about the unit and Safe yes. Church, it's different to being when we talk about Safe Church. Okay. So uh, when we talk about Safe Church more generally, we're talking about being a community in which people can be engaged by and enveloped in the love of God. Yes. Uh, so that can mean physical safety, yep. so the buildings are safe. Yep. Uh, it can be psychological safety, where relationships are honest and free of manipulation. Spiritual safety, where people's faith is not exploited for another's gain. Yep. Uh, and, of course, sexual safety, where people are protected from abuse. So then can I just... Because, I mean, one of the questions... The obvious question then, or, or consequence of that, is that there's no limitations on who we're talking about. That safe, That experience of safety would be something we would want to offer to everybody... So Absolutely. That, so it's not limited to children, for example. Absolutely. Children are very important, and those who are vulnerable, you know, are, are particularly important. Absolutely. But there's not limitations on what we're talking about here. No, that's right. No. That's right. And I think that's one of the challenges that the church wrestled with in establishing the unit, yeah. because they recognised the breadth of what yeah. we were talking about, yeah. but they also recognised that there was, at this point in time, a particular yes. need in the church. Yes. And so the unit's focus is around child safety yes. uh, and working with the outcomes of the Royal Commission yeah. as well as the national principles yeah. which have been implemented by the Commonwealth Government yeah. to ensure that we are a child-safe organisation. So we've talked a little bit a couple of times along the way around outcomes or or learnings or lessons from the Royal Commission. Could you talk a little bit about what, what we as a nation learned from the Royal Commission? And then and then we might talk a little bit about what the what the Uniting Church particularly might have learned. But I'm interested in that broader question of what, what we collectively learned um, through the, the life of the Royal Commission. Sure. I think one of the more confronting learnings that we had 
was that our institutions and if we use them as example of the breadth of society, yep. our society didn't value children yeah. in the same way that adults were valued. Okay. Their voice was not heard, their opinion mattered less than that of an adult, and hence they were not believed. Yeah, okay. And uh, that's, that's a, pretty confronting. It is a very yeah. confronting comment, particularly yeah. for us, uh, and, and I'm going ahead of a, a little, yeah. but particularly for us as a church where yeah. we've always placed a value yeah. on the children and their families yeah, that yeah, are yeah. part of our community of faith. Yeah. So to recognise that we as a church yeah. were participant in a societal sense in not valuing children to the extent that we might have yeah. is uh, quite challenging yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, I think some of the other things, our institutional systems yeah. were more interested in reputation yeah. than they were in the people that they served. Yes. Uh, I think some of our structures were either intentionally or unintentionally difficult yeah. uh, in terms of having complaints made and complaints heard. Mm. Uh, and processes of investigation of those complaints in some uh, circumstances were almost yeah. negligible. Yeah, okay. uh, so I think as a result of those things and many, many more, yeah. uh, our community expectations of all of those who work with children have significantly increased. Yeah. Uh, the bar of public opinion now is that if you are not a safe place and aren't able to demonstrate how you yeah. will be safe, yeah. then uh, we will not allow our children to engage with you yeah, yeah. and therefore we won't engage with you. I think that's an interesting point you made there about it's it's not good enough just to be a safe place but to also to be able to demonstrate yeah. how we are attempting to be a safe place or how we're attempting to guarantee that safety as much as we can. Yes. But, so the demonstrating of that is just as important. Maybe not I wouldn't say just as important, but Obviously, it is being yes. It uh, being transparent, yes. I guess, yeah. is the key. Thank you. I'll stumble over my words. You can just get cut to the heart of the matter. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, one of the things that we saw in the Royal Commission was a lot of prevarication around. Ooh, that's a big word. Thanks. Sorry. Can you define that for me? Uh, a lot of. Um, fudging around the edges, okay. Okay. not being completely transparent, yeah, okay. uh, haltingly yeah. going forward. Being, in a sense, having to be dragged to... In some cases. Yeah, OK. Yeah. And I think one of the things that uh, the church, as well as other institutions, struggled with was those points in our own lives yeah. where we had been guilty of yeah. just that. Yeah where we hadn't been transparent, yeah. where our systems and our processes and our structures actually were one element of the whole context yeah. of abuse. Yeah. Uh, and not that necessarily our systems caused, but our systems failed yeah. to engage yeah. or correct. Yeah. So I think those issues uh, kind of sit there. But yes, to go back to your comment, I think the transparency question is a key one, yeah. not just to show people that we are doing what we should be doing, but also to say to the wider community, being church is 
an open, yeah. honest uh, enterprise yeah. as we seek to live out our faith yeah. in Jesus Christ. So why should we not then allow people to see what it is that we are doing yes. in our yeah. attempt to ensure that we are a safe place so that people can come and explore who Jesus is? So is, is there a sense then that some of, some of what we've learned from the Royal Commission actually has... I guess value or implications for other parts of the life of our church. So that that sense of being open and transparent that we've talked about there, like that, obviously has significance for the way that um, we create a safe place for children and young people that we work with. But it sounds like you're also suggesting that there's other broader value for us as a as a church and as an organisation in holding transparency and openness as a key value. I think that's right, uh, but I'd probably want to say that I don't believe we necessarily don't already hold that value, no. yeah. uh, but this certainly does raise yeah. uh, the issue to the surface yeah. and uh, invites us to ask ourselves the question, are we appropriately yes. transparent? Yeah. And if we aren't, yeah. uh, how might we be yeah, yeah. more appropriately transparent? So are there, are there some things, John, that are you know, that we've identified and that we're, you know, some concrete specific sorts of things that, you know, that the unit um, in its in its partnerships across the life of the church in Australia are encouraging us to do or to implement? Are there some...? There's a range of things uh, yeah. that the unit has kind of distilled out of the Royal Commission uh, reports and recommendations. Uh, one of the things that is quite clear I think is that the uh, church is not that different to any other institution mm. uh, that were examined by the Royal Commission. We each have uh, the things in our lives that we're not comfortable with, yeah, okay. where we have failed children. Um, and I think comparing uh, one institution to another is unhelpful. Yeah. Because even if you are the better of the two institutions, somehow that negates yeah. the fact that uh, people were harmed. Yeah. And that's not at all what we would want to do. No. Um, so it, it, it's, it needs to be said that uh, we, in thinking through the Royal Commission recommendations, see in ourselves the same things that we've seen in society, yeah. in the learnings that we've had through the Royal Commission. Uh, and so that raises for us um, some key kind of things. If, if we too have been participant in dropping the ball yep. on recognising the value of children, hearing children's voices, then some of the things that immediately fall out of that is that uh, people who participate in the church have a voice. Yep. They, they participate in the decisions that affect them. Yep. We uh, value and honour their place mm. in the life of the church. Mm. We ensure that the people that we choose to work with them uh, as teachers or leaders are appropriately trained and supported yeah. so that they can offer the best to those young people yeah. and so that they can support them throughout their faith exploration journey. 
we want to ensure that there are robust feedback loops, not, not just around abuse, but so that we can, as a community, be as effective as we can be to nurture and care for people. We want to make sure that our policies and our resources and our training is continuously improved. Yeah. Uh, and, and one of the things I think that the Royal Commission offered, which probably isn't rocket science, but it, gee, it was a good word in season, was that this work is our collective work. The notion of shared guardianship, where we collectively own the responsibility for safety in the life of the church, is an imperative. Yeah. And that uh, it, it doesn't necessarily begin at the top, but it is owned equally yeah. from our leaders yeah. right through to every person in the life of the church, regardless of role or function. Yeah. Uh, and when we do that, when we become a community that owns that together, then, in my view, yeah. we become a community of faith or we are a better demonstration of a community of faith because we have created a context in which people can explore faith for themselves. So so as you talk, and I mean, you, you speak about that very passionately, um, which I really appreciate. As you talk, it becomes increasingly obvious that that safe church is not in any way only a compliance activity but it sounds like it goes to the very heart of who we are as church and, and in a sense what we might talk about in terms of mission and ministry and so this is this is not just kind of you know following the rules of the of the land is it this absolutely I mean not. I hear in your voice and I hear in that statement that this goes to the heart of in a sense our participation in God's mission um, is it, I mean do you want to make some kind of comment or observations around that? Absolutely. Um, one of the things that a colleague of mine in uh, New South Wales ACT Synod said, we have this kind of uh, disconnect between being a safe place yeah. and sharing the love of God. Yeah. How do people hear us listen to us, respond to the uh, offer of love that we speak to if yeah. we don't demonstrate yes. that love yeah. and create the space yeah. for that love to be lived. Uh, and that, that idea captured me. Yeah. Not, not that I hadn't thought about it myself. No, but the framing of but it. But the framing of it was really helpful. Yeah, yeah. So I think as we explore what it means to be a safe place, we're not exploring compliance exercise. No. We're not exploring uh, submission to government regulation. We're exploring how we can be the church yeah. that God is calling us to be. Yeah. We're exploring how we create a space in which people of all ages explore who God is for them. Yeah. We're creating a space in which that seed of faith or seed of inquiry can be nurtured yeah. and can blossom into something in someone's life. Yeah. If we are a place where that person cannot be safe for whatever reason, yeah. then that's not a place where they're going to be able to openly explore yeah. 
it's not a place where they're going to be able to experience the nurturing love of God. Yeah. If that's and and I, I do understand that the reality is that we're human and we're always going to fall short of this stuff. It's the nature of being real. But if we don't understand that this is part of our call to be, not just the things that we do, then we actually have misplaced both this work and God's call on us as a church. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble now because I'm think, I'm reminded of a quote and I cannot remember who said it. So I'll I'll say what I remember as the quote, and then I'll I'll go look it up afterwards and maybe put it in the show notes or something. But the quote is along the lines of, "Who you are thunders so loudly that I cannot hear a single word you say." Um, it's, it's not a you know it's other people have said similar things along yeah. the way, but it is about the yeah. sense of how we act and who we are. Um, yeah. It's not more important than what we say, but it, but it, you know, what we say has to align with the ways in which we are and behave, and so on. If and that's so not kind of reminding me of that. Absolutely. Yeah. If there's not an inherent integrity yeah. between what we say and who we are, not yeah. not just individually but corporately, but collectively, then yeah. we are absolutely our words will yeah. either be ignored or will not be able to be heard. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know who said it either, no. but it was gold, oh. whoever did. It'll come to me at 3 o'clock in the morning, tomorrow morning. Well, I'll wake up. I'll sit up, I'll up right in bed. No, come on. I'll, well, I'll text you. <laughs> um, but there's also the, you know, the, the sense of preach the gospel without ceasing and, if necessary, use words. Yeah. Uh, that was some famous ancient Christian as well, wasn't it? It Saint was. Francis, I think. It might have uh, been. might have been. Yes. Uh, but that's a little bit along the same lines that, you know, that... Yeah, it is. Although, uh, what I, I, I'm not a Franciscan scholar by any stretch, no, I'm but I, th- not. I think what Francis was saying was that uh, our living yeah. was uh, the gospel yes. uh, shared. Yes. Um, I guess what I'm saying is that uh, I, I agree with that to a point, but the nexus between what we say. And I don't just mean with our mouths, but what we publicly yes. say yep. as a church yep. and the way that we are as a church yep. is vital yep. to have an integrity yep. with what it is that we do. Yeah, yeah. There might be those for whom the sense is that all of the child safety procedures and processes and compliance and practices that, that we're talking about um, just make ministry with children and young people too hard or too complicated. That you know that it, that yeah. all the work we need to do around allowing it, us then to kind of work with children just makes it all too difficult. Yeah. Um, do you have? I mean, is that us? You know, is there something we can say to or explore around that view? Uh, I guess the first thing that I'd say is I think that that view is shared uh, across the life of the church. Mm. Um, the Royal Commission and the outworking of that has added a level of awareness to what we do Uh, and in some cases with that awareness come some requirements that we may not have uh, had to undertake 20 years ago. So firstly I I acknowledge uh, that that is real. Yeah. 
uh, for people. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I think the second thing I'd say is that we are all involved in a process of change yeah. at the moment. Uh, we're on the way to finding our new normal. Yeah. And I don't just mean normal in terms of the church, I mean normal in terms of society. Yeah, yeah. And the way that we understand uh, the children amongst us yeah. and the way that we care for them. Yeah. And I think some of the process that we're going through at the moment is trying to work out what that new normal is. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, I find that a really helpful kind of framing of the, the times that we find ourselves in, that transition to or exploring or finding of the new normal. Yeah. 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 And, and it's a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the thing that I would want us as a church to capture is that this journey to the new normal provides us with an opportunity to uh, reflect on who we are and who we are called to be yeah. and to be that more fully. Mm. Um, without the structures that we're implementing, and I, I think the other thing I'd say is the church is working hard to provide the suites of resources that support ministry and mission with children and young people yeah. so that uh, things don't need to be recreated yeah. all across the church. Yeah. Um, but without that structure, how do we, uh, to go back to the missional question, how do we offer to families mm. that their children mm. are in a community of safety? Yeah. How do we sufficiently provide that place in which children and young people can grow in their faith? Yeah. So uh, yes, I acknowledge yeah. that that's the reality yeah. that we're in at the moment. Yeah. But I, I want us to grab hold of that as an opportunity yeah. and to uh, explore how we might be more fully yeah. who God's calling us to be at the same time as in implementing and including some of these extra structures yeah. that are put around us. Can I, can I ask you then the um, I guess I guess it's an exercise of the imagination or maybe I mean maybe it's not because maybe you've thought about this but you know what is if we're at our best what is what is the new normal you know if we if we're five ten years down the track in this process of discovering the new normal and of um, changing in a sense the way that we understand children in our midst and um, all of the things that we've been talking about where do you, where do you think we might get to if we're at our best? Um, you know, where, where is the new normal, uh, to, to use those words? Yeah. I certainly have thought about it, and these thoughts are thoughts, yes. yet they're, they're not fully formed. Yeah. But I think some of the things that we'll see are communities of faith where everyone, from young children to the most mature of our members... Yeah owns the fact that we are community yeah. and that part of being community is that we keep each other yeah. safe yep. uh, and that we are on this journey together. So that no longer is safety the thing that happens, it's who we are. Yeah. Uh, I think that systemically uh, we will have suites of resources yep. in place that support communities being like that. I think, uh, and, and I have a, a great commitment to this, that we as a church, as a uniting church, will actually uh, be toward the front of that journey. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that 
uh, our value statements to the Royal Commission established was a uh, very forward-facing, open and transparent engagement. And the change process that's been part of the church's experience since... Since forever. Well, exactly, forever. Since forever in its existence, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that change process, particularly, uh, and being a Queenslander myself, yeah. the Queensland experience since the early to mid-90s, we've been uh, working with child-safe mm. church resources and developing systems and processes to support ministry and mission with kids in ways that honour, support and encourage their safety. So this this isn't something that we're just discovering now. This no, has been a journey right. that we've been on yeah. for some time. Yeah. We didn't wake up in 2017 and go, oh, we've never thought of this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, whoops. Yeah. But I think in 10 years' time, yeah. uh, we will be that much further down yeah. the track and because of the intentionality with which we've engaged yeah. this uh, conundrum in our life, yeah. we may well have something to offer, not just other churches, but also yeah. to the broader community. Yeah. And I think that that in itself yeah. is a missional uh, imperative for us, because it says to the community, uh, we believe that you and your children are of such value yeah. that uh, we have created ourselves in such a way yeah. that we are a safe space. So let me just—I just want to test back to you what I've heard there, because I think that's—I think that's really interesting. In, in finding a way to our best and our new normal, I think what I've heard you say is there's a few elements to that. There is the resources and systems kind of element to it. You know, the yep. way we organise ourselves, the training that we do, the yeah. awareness, you know, all of that, those resource and system-y kinds of things. Yeah. Then there's perhaps more importantly the cultural kind of new normal or the cultural us at our best where in the, you know, at, at every level of the organisation um, from a Sunday school class through a, you know, a residential facility through a, you know, a board of governance or whatever different levels of the organisation, there is a culture that um, values safety and values the individual. Um, and then the third one, I, I, I mean, I think I'm hearing, you know, right through our conversation is the sense that which, the sense in which as we come to see this as part of our participation in God's mission, it actually, I mean, it, it's connected to that cultural kind of practice thing, but it really goes to the heart of who we are, who we understand God to be and what we understand our part in God's mission to be. Um, if we find our way to the kind of new normal that you've talked about, then it seems to me they're the three. Yeah. Kind of, is that, I, I think that that's I dead right. I, dead right. Oh, and, and I think the, the challenge for us is to not meld the missional with the cultural. Yeah, okay. I think the missional imperative is God's imperative yeah. for us yeah. and that to which we aspire. Yeah. The cultural imperative is the way that we then live yeah, okay. in response to yeah. that. And uh, while those two things are side by side, I think that they are separate and uh, one challenges us and critiques our culture, if you like. Our mission critique. Yep. Critiques. Critiques. Thank you. Uh, it's a much easier word than whatever that other one was that you used earlier that I still can't remember. Prevaricates. Prevaricates. That's right. Uh, so 
yeah, our mission critiques yeah. our culture. Yeah. Um, our culture doesn't critique our mission. No. That's and really important. I think that is really important. That is really important. That actually sounds like a really good moment at which to say thank you for the conversation. Um, the reminder that our mission it is uh, that leads us into this conversation. Thanks for the chat. Um, I, I, I want to say every blessing for the work. I mean, it's a, it's a big task that we have and the team have, um, but worthwhile as we look to value those amongst us. Um, Absolutely, yeah. and thank you. I, yeah. I've appreciated the chat, the opportunity to have a, yeah. have a chat. Uh, and I think you're right, um, but it's not... I, I'd want to encourage everyone who hears this to understand that it's not a big task for the unit. Yeah. It's our task together yeah. to be okay. who God's calling us yeah. to be. Yeah. Okay, so now I have one more question. <laughs> so if I'm out there listening, and, and this is in a sense the first time that I've really given thought to this whole conversation, where do I go? Like how do I find out? You know what is the church's kind of practices and policies and training and you know what's where do I start? Um, you know if I'm just out kind of in the life of the church, can you can you help me with that? Absolutely. So the Queensland Synod website yep. has a safe uh, church page. Okay. Um, it, I think it's called Safe Ministry with Children, yep. uh, technically, but uh, and on that page you will find both. Uh, policies yeah. and resources Correct. to support congregational ministry yeah. and the way that it understands itself and the way that it can keep kids safe. Okay. If you want something broader than that, yeah. then our National Safe Church Policy Framework sits on the Assembly website okay. and that's the overarching yeah. framework. And I'm certainly happy to talk to anyone anytime. So, the, I mean, that national, that, that really is framework kind of, you know, that talks about how we as a whole church act, whereas the Synod resources are around what goes on locally. Correct. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you again, John, so much. And I'm sorry, I forgot to ask that question earlier. So we'll see if we can edit that together. That makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> but thanks for the chat. Thank you, Scott. Cheers.